Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show, Monday through on The Athletic Podcast Network. Bruh. New York strip steak. Ooh. This is the basketball buds. Braised beef short ribs. With Zach Harper and your favorite athletic writer. Get mad at me, bro. I'm gone. Welcome to the Basket Buds edition of the Athletic NBA Show podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach Harper. We're a little undermanned today. The Pistons have uh, have practice, so no James Edwards III. Jay King is in Ireland, which, I mean, sure, it's <laughs> middle of the NBA season. The team he covers is number one in the league, but yeah, he's in Ireland. Like That's just, uh, that's just good scheduling right there how could he have possibly known the season would still be going on and the he's myth. scouting man he's, currently, <laughs> he's scouting he's on his adam sandler he's out there he's looking he's looking for his uh his next uh his next obsession which will just it's just whoever the next one we, player we is. never knew we never knew jake king was stanley sugarman so. <laughs> <laughs> terrible name for a character by the way wow sugarman. uh but we got trevon edwards we got modak yill we got dave deford producing we got uh a fun show for you today we'll talk Talk about that ridiculous Kings Clippers game. Even though Jay King is in Ireland with his wife on vacation scouting, maybe uh, we will have a Kings minute from him. We'll talk about this whole Trey Young, Quinn Snyder situation, but I want to start with Saturday night. So we're recording this Sunday morning out on the West coast and Suns bucks is about to tip off. But Saturday night we had a game between the Celtics and the Sixers and the Sixers storm ahead in the third quarter, right? Uh, or the first half and then in early into the third quarter. And I think they're, I think I saw they were up 15 at one point, maybe 16. Like they, they were, they were coming along. I want to say it was like maybe 68 to 52 at one point. And then Jalen Brown starts making some plays. Jalen Brown starts playing. Jason Tatum's having a tough night. Jalen Brown takes over. Al Horford gets hot. Celtics storm back. And now we got a game. We got a great game back and forth. It looks like the Celtics are now going to run away with it. And the Sixers, when I thought I, I legitimately, I was like, man, James Harden is, kind of lost his energy in this one. Joel Embiid was like slow up the floor and it got a great bounce pass from Jalen Brown to Robert Williams, the third for a transition dunk. And I was like, okay, this is slipping away from the Sixers. And no, I was wrong. They come back. They find a little bit of energy. They take it down to the last possession. And so on the last possession, we have an inbounds pass with about a little less than six seconds left. Right. And Derek White's the trigger man. The whole play design is Jason Tatum is in the backcourt get him on the move, catching the ball, see what he can do, right? Derek White inbounds the ball to Marcus Smart, who's somewhere between the inbound and the half-court lines, like about 35, 36 feet away from the basket, right? And as he catches the ball, Tatum takes off, and Marcus Smart delivers a beautiful bounce pass to Tatum. So Tatum's got a couple of situations here that he can navigate. He can go straight to the rack, except who's lurking there, who was guarding the inbounder, who's now floated into the corner, that's Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid starts getting towards the paint, 
Like you're not going to come in here and dunk this, right? You're not, I'm going to clog this up and we'll see if we have to recover. So he does that, which is what you're supposed to do. Tatum finds that he's got a little bit of, uh, of momentum against Anthony Melton. Who's defending him who almost steals that ball, by the way, almost steals that right. pass. Like he, he came so close to knocking that away, but just again, a great pass by Marcus smart. Um, and, and at this point, all right, Tatum takes the momentum of Melton. He snatches that thing back behind the three point line, knocks down the shot. Unbelievable, right? Like just what a great play, great play design, great play execution, great shot making, even like still good defense by everybody, except what the fuck was James Harden doing? Look at the like. So when Marcus Smart delivers the bounce pass, he is now floated up the court. He's roughly 44 feet away from the basket. James Harden is up on him. Marcus Smart is not a good three-point shooter. He's 44 feet away from the basket. And by the way, he has his back turned to the basket. There is no position unless, unless James Harden is worried. I've seen the Globetrotters run this play before. He's got a you know hook shot with his back to the basket from half court, and that's going in. Or he's worried that like Rocky, the Nuggets mascot, is going to descend from the rafters and shoot one of those over the back half court shots and knock it down. Where is the help? What is he defending? I know it's James Harden. I know if you're a James Harden fan, you're going to let me know. Well, his post defense, you know, but yeah, unless Marcus Smart's going to post him up there from 44 feet away, I do not understand what happens there. Like Mo. What is James Harden doing? I know he's doing James Harden things, but at the same time, I don't know if he would have stopped Tatum. I don't know what he could have affected, but that was not the right play. And I'm like, you're 14 years into your career. What kind of decision is this? I mean, this is James Harden defensively. Right. My bigger, my, 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 I mean, what are we, we've seen this for 13 years, Zach. Why are you Dude, thinking I mean, we're going to see something different in the 14th? Season? I don't, man. I mean, come on. Like, but bigger question, bigger question. It's an end of game defensive possession. It's a tied game. Why mm-hmm. is Harden on the court? That's what well, I was they, they did, Well, here's what I'm thinking. No timeouts, right? It's fine. Just you go case. to overtime. I just don't see – I don't see James I, – I understand the offensive side of it mm-hmm. and his strength on that end, but they're already – the time is not in your favor. So yeah, you want to get right. the – you want you want to own in on the, on the stop, right? And even though basketball players have brain farts, right, in the in the action mode – but once the bounce pass is made, he should have released. Yeah. Yeah. He's still hugging Marcus Smart like at half court. <laughs> and being, half court. He, no, he had front row seat. He's watching. The watchers watch. You know what I mean? So I, I do I agree with Mo. I do, I do agree with Mo. Shouldn't have been on the floor because it's yeah. uh, after timeout situation. You put the best defenders out there, which they got rid of Matisse. They, they got rid of a couple of people mm-hmm. that normally would probably be haggling on that situation. Mm-hmm. Marcus Smart, I still don't know how that pass got there because it still could have been deflected. Yeah. It's the ball me, ball me man. Um, but it got in there. It was a, 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 a excellent play call by Missoula and, and company. And Tatum, you know, he struggled. And and the one that really mattered mm-hmm. counted. You know yeah. what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think I don't think this is just Doc Rivers, though. I think this has been a problem with the NBA in general. Um, as far as coaches trusting their guys to close it out instead of mm-hmm. making the right call, yeah, I, and, it, and, may, and maybe it's maybe it's some stuff like, yeah, do I want to deal with it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Do I want my star player sure. mad that he's not closing this game out? But then it's also some accountability of like, look, that's like us playing pickup ball, and I'm like, point game, right? Yo, Zach, yo, Zach, 
I understand. Even if I get beat, stay home. Yeah. Stay home, right. Mo. Do not help. And you're like, okay, I got it. I heard what you said. Mm -hmm. And you move off the way because you see me get slightly beat just a second. Yeah. And that's a zip and your man scores. And, and also, there was no chance Tatum was passing. At <laughs> all. Like, at all. Maybe if, if Embiid converges and Harden converges, and I, it's not going to be a true triple team, maybe he kicks it to White in the quarter. Maybe. Maybe. But Tatum, but Tatum <laughs> maybe. is like, I'm I'm even that. like a 10% chance, like 90% chance that thing was going up. Yeah, and I'm not even trying to say selfishly. I mean, he had he had a massive tip in, you know, during yeah. crunch time and things yeah. like that. Like he was beginning no, he, to kind of get going. It, he picked it up in the fourth quarter. Like he was he, good. Yeah. Yeah, he got going. So he felt confident in that sense. That's why I'm like, the moment it, it got to him, I was like, well, this shot's going up. We'll see yeah. how good it is. But you also have just you have Jaden McDaniels you traded for, like mm -hmm. just a defensive player right there. Just throw him out there in that instance and and hope for the best. It's just anything's going to be better than player? his Jaden McDaniels is a defensive player. Is Jalen McDaniels a yeah, defensive player? Yeah. Mix them up. Fair yeah. enough. But yeah. I mean, anything's I mean, better than Harden. I mean, well, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, still look, I still look at it like it's not a bad shot in its situation with five seconds to go. No, 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 no. You, as yeah. the guy, you have to take it, even if you don't want to take it. And it, mm -hmm. it kind of, you know, obviously we're going to, we're going to talk about Jay King's Kings um, a little bit later. I'm going to get a chance to hit on that play that happened before we even got to overtime. Oh, yeah, so we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll talk no, about we'll, that a little we'll bit later. We'll get to that one. There's a lot yeah. there. But the 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 shot itself was great, and that play call is awesome. We've actually yeah. seen it run a couple – you know, just Friday night, the Pistons ran it against Orlando and got uh, Jaden Ivey a three to tie the game. Mm -hmm. They ended up losing. But, like, that action where you just have your best player coming with a full head of steam, yeah, it's, good luck. It's so Imagine doing yeah. that against Memphis, you know, and Ja coming full head of steam. What was Harden worried about? Like, he's like, well, if Marcus Smart catches this at 30 feet with his feet set, I mean – like my God! Like I'm if, just if Marcus Smart catches it with thirty feet with his feet, he said Doc is going yes, <laughs> yes. If like, Marcus Smart beats you on a spot up three, so be it. You live with it, you know. Um, but it was a great game, to be it honest. It was fun, and, man. And, and, I because I, I really thought the Sixers had blown it. I was like, oh man, they're done. Like they and they fought back. Like to their credit, they fought back. And then. Embiid hits the three quarter court shot just after time expired. I mean, I thought he, I thought he got off in real time. It was like bang bang, but I thought he got right. it off. And so here's my idea, Mo, is it doesn't count. At first, I was like, because I didn't, I didn't. I'll, it, I'll admit, in real time, I didn't pay attention to what James Harden did. Right? It was on the replay. I was right, like, right. Hell is going on here? What are you doing? What is this decision? Right. So at first, I was like, man, that should count. That should count. I don't care that it was after the buzzer. Count it. Go to overtime. And then when I saw what Harden did on the previous, I was like, Nah, man, that should. That's, like, that should yeah, that's it. But I just I figured this out. I think there should be a rule, and I know people are gonna think this is stupid. I don't care. I love stupid rules. I think if you get a shot off within three tenths of a second after the buzzer, it should count. If it sends it to overtime, you go to overtime, and then you start the overtime down three. So you get your extra period to, to play, but you're at a deficit now. I know it's stupid. I don't care. I wanted more of that game. That's my way of justifying it. That's all you wanted. Okay, yeah, fair that's enough. All I, wanted. Like, I know I, it's a dumb idea. I don't need you to tell me that, but that's what I want. I think that's fun. We want to make some rule changes that bring like actual basketball to mattering. Do that instead of all these replay reviews. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on the replay reviews going too much. Yeah. Rule, a little bit weird. Needs some it's stupid. Oh, it's a stupid rule. Needs some work. It's, you need some work. No, no, just as is. I don't want to. <laughs> no, I don't want to overthink it. I don't want to think about. Well, what if it was a game winning shot? I don't want to think of any of that. Just in that I would situation. Say, I would say a three quarters court or half court shot. 
It's got to be on beyond, beyond half court. Yeah. 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 I'm in on that. That's Unless fine. it's Steph Curry. But yeah, it's not fair. He's cheating. Yeah. And Dame for that matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dame too. <laughs> both of those guys. But the the bigger problem for the Sixers was every time Joel Embiid went to the bench, it was over. Like they, yeah. <laughs> the Celtics would go on a massive run. Everything with that, they had no answers for Al Horford in the third third quarter, who hit four threes mm-hmm. and was going completely ballistic. Like this is a preview for the playoffs for the Sixers. How what are you gonna do when Joel Embiid goes to the bench? Because yeah, it, it, it the game was lost there. To be honest, like there's no other. Their starters are in. I think all plus and the plus minus. I mean, he like he was really good. He lost some steam in that fourth quarter, right? Like he rallied oh, yeah. and, and he made some plays, but there was a point in that fourth quarter where I thought, oh man, he's cooked. Like he's just like he doesn't he doesn't have that energy anymore. And you're right. I think it's because every time he's on the floor, he has to be that guy. Yeah, I mean that's the problem. Like it's you know the he has to he builds a lead, the the reserves lose it, and mm-hmm. now he's got to bring them back and yeah. build a lead again. Like yeah. it's just like at a certain point, it's exhausting. And I think we've seen this from the Sixers before actually pretty much ever since Embiid's been there and it's just, they can't seem to find a backup center for them. Yeah. It's shocking that last year, Deandre Jordan didn't work. Shocking. Shocking. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, they, look, look in a game. They lose by three. He's plus eight in 40 minutes, like <laughs> in, pl- in 40 minutes. He's plus I mean, eight. What else can you ask for? I mean, PJ Tucker was plus 21. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it really was just the bench just screwed them. And a lot of that was in that, that, end of third quarter start of the fourth quarter like they just they couldn't stop the bleeding and 40 minutes that. is a ton for Embiid yeah, like man, you really can't ask him lot. to play more than that and I mean yeah that's probably close to playoff minutes and it's mm-hmm. that's just too much at that yeah. point it's like they just don't have anything you know Paul Reed was really bad uh Trez didn't even play um I just think they have a lot of issues I think there and that well, yeah, fair enough. But like, they, but they don't even just have anybody they could throw out there and hope it'll work out. Yeah, no, they 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 really don't. Um, but yeah, man, that was that was a fun. It's been a fun basketball weekend. It's great been a, basketball it's, it's, this weekend. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's been really good so far. Um, I mean, it's great energy coming off that subpar All Star game. Yeah, no shit. I guess they saved all the energy for for the, the basketball that came after it. Um, something that has not been great basketball, the Atlanta Hawks. It's been rough, man. It has been just all right. I have a theory, and I I recognize it's going to sound stupid on the surface, but I I actually believe in this. This isn't like the, this is the overtime conspiracy rule. theory hour, or, no, no, not, or, not conspiracy or, theory. or just crazy idea hour. It's not no, it's not it's not that. It's it's uh you shouldn't have done this. No, okay. the Hawks should not have gone to the conference finals two years ago. They made a mistake by going to the conference finals, and part of that is the Sixers problem because the Sixers collapsed. Part of that's Ben Simmons. Part of that's Embiid and all the you know Doc Rivers all that, but. It threw expectations out of whack. It threw things to a a situation where the the Hawks thought they were further along than they are. And we heard from Trey Young last year about how it's hard to get up for these games when you've been in the conference finals. And we've talked about like, buddy, that's the job. Like that's, (laughs) that's what it's supposed to be. Right. And we saw what happened with them. Finally firing Nate McMillan this past week. And it looks like they're going to, replace him with Quinn Snyder as of this recording nothing is done yet but it it looks like that's that's the hire right and so Trey I want to ask you in terms of this Hawk scenario where do we put Trey Young in all of this because he's talking about like he's making public comments like hey I'm not involved in all that stuff I have no you know I don't want to like I just do my job and everything it's not really true 
right? But publicly, I don't think he has to admit to everything that's going on either. He also said, like, you know, I, I just let you guys, you know, talk about media and everything. Like, I just let you guys, like, make up your own stories and then, you know, whatever. And I don't think he necessarily has to set us straight on what's going on behind the scenes either. Like, again, that's in-house stuff. And he seems like the kind of guy that wants to keep that stuff in-house. But there is a leadership problem throughout this entire organization. And I want, like, I don't doubt Trey Young's talent. I don't doubt his impact on the floor. I just wonder, like, how do you make this work when your guy continues to seem to have problems with how he's coached? I think it's the star cadence, though, right? And I, although no one, well, a couple of jo- a couple coaches got fired under Devin Booker's watch, mm-hmm. but this is similar, right? You got a very good basketball player who's on the cusp of being an all-star. He's been an all-star, luckily, early on in his career, unlike Devin had to go through a couple growing pains in the tough West. Right. Mm-hmm. But sometimes just because you're a star player doesn't mean you're a great leader. Mm-hmm. That's and true. yeah, you see the culture shifted when they got Monty Williams, a coach that who could also lead a team to battle, but also landed a coach on the floor in Chris Paul. So now that relieves right. all duties, right? You trade for DeJounte Murray. You got John Collins, who you've been dangling for the past <laughs> His Ever. entire since he got drafted, he's, he's already got drafted, on the trade right? block for next season. Like it's <laughs> you know not. What I mean? it's... So there's tons of inconsistencies. There's no vet in the locker room. There's no accountability. Nate McMillan did his best at the job. Obviously, there's some conflict. Player always wins this situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but I think they need some real leadership over there. I'm not sure, but also um, it has to be someone Trey Young respects. Right. And that's a whole nother thing because you can have a guy that's decorated and they clash and it's like, well, this is my team. And although that, like, I mean, it comes with the star treatment of that's how it's a player's lead. Um, you know, um, with Quinn Snyder, maybe there will be some accountability, but then you also have to think about, is he going to buy it? Right. Yeah. There's a honeymoon stage. And luckily if he is hired after this recording, um, the Hawks are home for two weeks. So that means you get practice time, you get yeah. some familiarity with with guys, you know, learning new sets and whatever he wants, whatever the vision is there in Atlanta, then they can potentially move forward. Like you mentioned, the whole um, lackluster um, involvement after making the conference finals, he's silly to think that way. Any sport is very difficult. I mean, yeah. LeBron James has been a very good basketball player for a very long time and pos- possibly on eyes made it, a eight trip to the finals looked normal. It was very yeah. difficult to do That's, whether uh, win or lose. Crazy, That's, it's still crazy. I don't crazy. think people give yeah. that enough credit for yeah. how abs- absolutely yeah. absurd that is. He played right. like three extra seasons because yeah. of that. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that you have to even think about on that behalf. Right. Mm-hmm. And guys watching it, don't appreciate it until they're in a moment. Or you're looking later on down your career, you think about Tracy McGrady's career, who's a best, a, a, a very good scorer, very individual player, but really never made it outside the first round as the lead guy and mm-hmm. finally made it to the finals as a bench guy with the Spurs. He was hooking arms towards yeah. the end of his career. You know what I mean? So um, guys take that take that for granted because they think that it, you know, they never look at the outside moment of it, right? right. It's like, you being the the lead podcaster, and now you go to another network, and like I'm like I could, I, you know, Zach was holding me back, not understanding your gravity. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I so agree. In I'm really Tra- good. In the, in the Trey Young oh, Hawk situation, God. they don't respect the whole thing of looking at yeah 
injuries. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, team just kind of slipping up and getting caught. Shit you know happening, I mean? right? Sometimes shit just happens. Right. Yeah. It takes a little bit of luck. And I compared yeah. them to the Portland Trailblazers making it to the Western Conference Finals that one mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's not like, hey, we got a team. It's like, no, this dude was out. This dude, dude is out. Yeah, exactly. This dude is out. You guys are good. Don't get yeah. it wrong. I'm not taking away from your individual success. But look around and be honest with yourself. How was that season and what worked? Right. Um. So, Mo, there was a sound. Uh, I, so I did radio this morning. And there was a sound that we played from last night from the Pacers game. And Rick Carlisle talked about Tyrese Halliburton. And he was like, you know, he's. Like this is him. Like the, he 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 calls about ninety eight percent of the plays out there, um, which to think of Rick Carlisle allowing a point guard to like, call all those like that percentage of plays. I if he had said nine percent of the plays out there, I'd be like, nah, man, that's too high. Like that's, that's Rick a Carl- young point guard too. Yeah, and this is a young point <laughs> yeah. guard. Like this is how highly he thinks of him, right? And so he allows Tyrese Halliburton to kind of call that out. And I know Trey Young, by all accounts, likes to call out what they're gonna do if they're bringing in Quinn Snyder who has a fucking encyclopedia for a playbook. Like, like it's like Quinn Snyder has any, anytime I've talked to like when I, when I was in Salt Lake city and anytime I talked to people about Quinn Snyder opposing coaches, they're like, man, we have to do so much prep because of how extensive that playbook is. Quinn Snyder. I don't know that he's necessarily a control freak in the same way that a Rick Carlisle is, but he's going to want to find a balance between having his shit run which probably happens more next season, right? Because that's going to be hard right. to implement everything when he takes over, assuming he takes over. Um, but finding that balance of Trey gets to do what Trey wants to do, but we run what I want to run, that's going to be a really difficult thing. And I look at, like, I think you're going to see short-term improvements in terms of Quinn Snyder taking over. I think it's a different mentality than a very kind of laid-back approach that Nate McMillan has, for even for an old-school guy. Mm-hmm. But... Man, like I look at that and I'm like, this is, I, I like we, Quinn Snyder as a coach. I don't know that that's the right mix. We need I, uh AI voice creator to get Pat Bev to say <laughs> Quinn Snyder got some shit. Yeah, Quinn Snyder <laughs> got some shit. No, he he does. I think the important thing first. I think the offense he's got to bring is the early Jazz offense that he mm-hmm. had, where the ball was flying around, everybody yeah. was moving, and things like that. It kind of ended up being just a high pick and roll offense with Mitchell and 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 Zach's favorite player Rudy Gobert in the whole uh towards the end of that run. But that's the important offense of it. I think Quinn's a good coach for them because I think yeah. one, I think this is Trey's last chance as as a Hawk player. Like honestly, I think they're does he's he on give his, a, Does he give a shit about that though? That's a million dollar question, Zach. <laughs> like, and I don't like, know however much like, he makes questions. Yeah. He might, he might not. That's a whole yeah. whole other thing. But that's that's what the Hawks need to figure out. Yeah. Because listen, they got DeJounte Murray, and the move had to have been, yo, you're gonna be off ball more, but you gotta be more involved when you're off ball. He's still doing the thing where he stands out at half court after mm. he gives up the ball. And sure, yeah, now it's four on four because defenses are still guarding him. But it's also their best offensive player not involved in the action where he's not an option anymore. And that becomes right. an issue for them. And then when DeJounte Murray doesn't have the ball, he's not as much of a threat, you know, standing in the corner or whatnot. And it makes things difficult. Trey's got to realize it's time for that. I think Quinn's going to be the right guy for this job. I think it's I think he's the guy that's it's going to get them moving, going to get their offense going. And again, 
it's so tough to do that in season this year. Like we'll mm-hmm. see it next year more than anything else, but that's really the the question. I think he's the guy, Zach. I think he's a good fit for them. He's who I probably would have been going for afterwards, but Trey's got to get serious about this stuff where he's got to look at it going like, yo, I got to be part of the team here. And I can't just yeah. be, the offense can't just be me high pick and roll the entire time. I think he's really good at it. It's unbelievable. Dude, he's, he's, he's an, he's an incredible player. Like unbelievable. He, yeah. It's no question about it. It's not a shot at that, but you can't run it all game. Right. And which I think like, I think like Hawks fans or Trey young fans will be like, Oh, you guys are hating on everything. The thing is like, we think he's so good that there's more depth to his game. Like if this was, I'm going to throw somebody under the bus here. If this was Monty Morris, right? Who I like, I like a lot, but if we were demanding (laughs) this out of Monty Morris, right? Like a very middle of the road point guard. Man, I feel middle of the road. (laughs) Man, he's like a solid starting point guard. I'm really shitting on a guy. I like a lot. But that just, it's the first day that came to my Monty. I'm sorry. But, if this was Monty Morris and we're doing, you got to do this, you got to do that, like, it would be fucking ridiculous, right? Ish Smith, fucking ridiculous to, to say to say things like this. Trey Young is so good, you do expect more out of him. You do want more for him because his talent is the type of player that can do special things on a grander scale than what we've seen. And just making a conference finals because Ben Simmons short-circuited and the Sixers shit themselves on national TV is not an accomplishment. It's yeah. just not like, it, especially after the last year and a half you've had season and a half you've had, it's not an accomplishment anymore. It's not even like they've built a bad team around him. I no. love the team, the team I, itself. This Murray, should work. Bogdanovich, yes. Clint Capella as your role man, a yeah. coming off the bench. You have DeAndre Hunter. You have a lot of pieces yeah. around you. And, it, and, and also, but Mo, real quick, just to cut you off, like it's, it's not to put it all on Trey young either. There are other issues within this organization, but that's you right. are the face of the franchise. And that's like, that's what the money is for. And part of the problem is I think the franchise after the conference finals, they're not only did they start sipping on their own success and thinking that was enough. I think they just turned everything over to Trey and starting to Maybe. cater to Trey at that point. And I felt like that's where a lot of stuff, they let him slide with some Which, things and things like that. I don't blame like, Trey for that. I blame the, I blame the, the organization. Organization. Like, yeah, organization. Yeah. It's the organization's them, fault. Yeah. You it's the organization's that's yeah. exactly. I'm not. You're letting me do this. Okay, no yeah. problem. Like that's yeah. on Tra- that's not on Trey in that right. sense, right? And we've seen a ton of star players do it. But I think this is also a problem in the NBA. A lot of teams turn their their organizations over to these guys too early, with when they haven't had enough success and enough of a track record mm-hmm. track record where you feel like okay, this is sustainable well, and he gets also, it. You know, there's maybe like five guys in the league that should have the organization turned over to him. Yes. <laughs> Like that's the other but, problem, right? I mean, we can we can go layers deep in this. Yeah, and that's it, a whole other fall, pod, and, I guess. <laughs> and, it, and I mean, no, nah, it would definitely go into a whole nother pod because that falls into the superstar talk. Mm-hmm. And then there's tears to it where you're just an all star, yeah. and then there's also the development. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, not grow on the job, <laughs> learn yeah. on the job. You're like type organizations situation. set up these stars to fail, right? right. Like, I I kind of think that's it. what the Hawks have done here with Trey Young. But at the same time, like, it's on every like he's got to be better. They've got to be better. I mean, shit, three months into the season last year. Two I will say, I will say, year, I will say, small Schleich wins. was like, I shouldn't have brought these guys back together. That's yeah, wild. I mean, that was such an insane publicly. comment. That was such an insane comment with all of right? that. Like, it's just, you, you, like, okay. <laughs> that's something for us to say. Yeah. You don't admit it. I know, man. You, that's not, out loud. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> let's get back to, well. let's get back to fun. I don't want to shit on Trey. I don't want to shit on Monty Morris. Monty, I'm so sorry. That was just uncalled for. Yeah, it was mean. 
I, mean, I just I love him too. He's on my wizards. Like I, you know, go Zardos. <laughs> That's um, why you went to him. Hold on. That's why you went to him. It's just because you watched the Wizards was so the much. First team that popped into my mind, <laughs> which is a, a look inside the psychosis of me. Uh, but all right, let's go to Friday night. And you're like, why are you talking about a Friday night game? All right, this is what I was doing. Okay, I was gonna go out. I was like, I'm feeling better. I've been one a little worried about being sick or whatever, but I feel fine. Testing negative, good. Right. I'm like, I'm gonna go out tonight, but. Russ is debuting with the Clippers. Let's get the, against the Kings. This is an important game. This could have the three seed on the line. I'm going to watch the first half, just kind of check it out. And then I'm going to go out and then I'll, you know, watch the rest sometime in the weekend. There were so many points in the first half. I was like, I can't, I can't, I, you know, I'll, I'll go out later. <laughs> it's still early, right? I was like, whatever. I'll go out. I'll go out later. Then when it like, when it was with four minutes left, if you like, I implore everybody, this is going to be in the bounce newsletter which you sign up for the athletic.com slash bounce i'm highlighting this game because with with four minutes left you have to at least go back and watch that portion of the game four minutes left in fourth quarter on through the double overtime because the clippers were up i think 14 145 to 131 they're up 14 right again regulation four minutes left the score is 145 to 131 an insane amount of points. And here's the crazy shit, Mo. I don't think it was bad defense. It wasn't good defense in that game, but the shot making, the level of shot making was just absurd. And then the Clippers, what you know, what De'Aaron Fox and the Kings have been able to do so much this season, they just turn it up in those clutch moments. And they and that's not even a clutch moment, right? You're down 14 with four minutes left, but they chip away. They force four straight turnovers. They're getting transition buckets. And all of a sudden, it's a game, and holy shit. Like, we end up with a 176-175 double overtime game, which the Kings come back and win. And it's it's one of my favorite games I've ever watched. Ever. I mean, this is this is a classic. This it, is was an it, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. It was absolutely absurd. Zach, if you want another wrinkle to this, the power went out at my house. Oh, during shit. the second okay. half oh no and i jumped in my car and for those that don't know it's like practically a monsoon in la this yeah, isn't like oh la right it was monsoon like <laughs> yeah. weather like hail and everything coming down yeah i jump into my car to go drive to another house to go watch the rest wow of this look at you <laughs> and i get there in time for just the the four minute mark of the fourth quarter yeah. and I, I see the score and i'm like ah yeah, yeah, you messed missed it. The like, fun. Yeah. And then it just goes completely berserk after that with everything that goes. But the Clippers' offense, Zach, those four turnovers back to back to back. Oh, I mean, uh, Russ with a turnover at, at half court. PG gets stripped yeah. by De'Aaron Fox. He throws then, lazy he pass. Throws, multiple times, by the way. Yeah, multiple yeah, times. Yeah. But throws one of the laziest passes the next possession down. And then Fox gets, they, they get a fast break off of that. And then Norman Powell gets an offensive foul on the inbounds. I mean, four straight turnovers where it's like the ball didn't even barely cross half court yeah. for the, the, the Clippers. And then just, Trey, I know you want to talk about it. Just talk about that play at the end of the fourth quarter because, oh, my God. Well, where to start? I, I definitely want to shout out how positive, you know, um, Russ's debut was. Um, yeah, I, I, thought he, he, I thought he played pretty well. I, I see your face, Mo, but I'm trying to hit on these certain things. Do, I, do do, have, I, I, I will respond. <laughs> I, I do have a problem with Ty Lue taking away Terrence Mann's minutes and mm -hmm. reducing them to 18. I think he could have contributed a little bit more, especially down to closing out the game. Ball handling responsibilities and a little bit more um, 
I don't know seriousness or whatever, because they were very like lazy. Um, and the hardest thing is to keep a league in this league, keep a lead in this league. You know what I mean? Um, but during that breakdown, it's not solely on Norman Powell, but he lost him for a split second in that corner to go. And he knocks down that three to send into OT. But like, I mean, there's just so many different plays. Obviously games aren't decided off of one play. Yeah. The Clippers just got so cozy and, De'Aaron Fox showed why he was selected an all-star. He should have mm-hmm. not even been a he should have been a straight up he should have been, been a straight yeah. up. Yeah. Um, he had earned it and they competed. And then obviously Malik Monk out of his oh, world performance off the bench. Man. Like <laughs> he, he was just making hell, stuff. Man. And I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, honestly, this game is cool, but I just want to see him score 200 points. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, dude, I, I was I was so mad we didn't get a third overtime. I was so it mad. Been, it would have been amazing. Oh, it would have been uh, great. But but Trey, just first off, the, I mean, is you have to foul automatically once De'Aaron Fox gets it. You're up three. Mm-hmm. Once De'Aaron Fox gets inside the three point line, you got to foul and put him on the line on that sense. We and had a the last same- two minute report where Russ uh, was given a six foul when he shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's there's. There's that play right there. That's on Ty Lue and the coaching aspect. Same thing with James Harden. Why is Russ in the game at the end of a possession, defensive possession stance at that point? And then I I actually have problems with Russ at the end of games on the offensive end because it's it makes it easier to double. Yes, they were doubling Kawhi, whether Russ was on the court or not, because Kawhi was also absolutely insane in this game. But at the same time, it makes it so much easier. They weren't even doubling off of Russ. They doubled off of Batum, and Russ's guy went to Batum and just left Russ open. Like, they were doubling from two men away, basically, in all that instance. Like, this was my biggest concern when they got Russ, was he's going to play end-of-game minutes. That's a problem for them. I think Terrence Mann's minutes going down. Eric Gordon, who is really not good in this game, but also yeah. his minutes are going to go down and everything like that. I'm not. I'm not even on the Bones Highland aspect of minutes being taken because I don't. My think question. Been- my question for the group: How much pressure is it when you get a player like Russell Westbrook, and how um, obligated are you to play? I watched this with Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. Every time he got a player, especially like Lamarcus Aldridge, he forced. He forced minutes when he could have got some other player out there Nick that Claxton, has, right? like, that could yeah. have been, you know, but even then when they had him, his, his development was held up because he was forcing sure. LaMarcus Aldridge into the fire. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. hey, you, you've been doing this. And it's the same thing. It's like, Tyler, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I understand what type of player Russell Westbrook, he definitely could be a starter anywhere, but for the sake of the success of this team, you keep Terrence Mann there, and then you find a way to slowly easy men there. No minutes yeah. for Bones Highland, even though Bones Highland is not a defensive guy right there. But you talk about Norman Powell, Westbrook, and Plumlee being on the floor. I got a problem with that, you know? And yeah. as as great as we give Ty Lue the credit about being such a great coach, that was a flaw. That was that was that was that was a flaw and very incorrect right there on that situation. And I won't take away his overall success, but that showed that exposed him right there of being caught up in the moment of you know I, this. I, I think this is part of the problem though, right? Is that we look at Russ on the Lakers and whatever you think of it, like he he went to the six man role because that's LeBron's team, right? Like this is what LeBron needs. 
as good as Kawhi is and as buddy buddy as he is with Paul George, that shit ain't the same. No, you're in no the same sir. building, <laughs> but that you, that is not that is a very different locker room. It's a very different team, and this is and the the crazy thing about it is this team has more success and has probably higher expectations than what the Lakers have this year, right? And yet. I- like, I'm not like he's not he didn't sign there so he could come off the bench. He didn't sign there so he didn't close into games. And that's something where we talk about team culture. That's not where Ty Lue's got to be like our best chance to win right now is this. Now, Russ made some plays. He had the great layup on the right side and everything. Like he made some plays, but he didn't make some plays, too. And I don't want to I don't want to put this on him. I don't want to put this on the situation like you gave 176 points. There was a lot wrong in that game, right? There was a lot right with it, too. And Russ moved the ball to his credit. He turned the ball over a lot too, but he moved the ball to his credit. But that's something where um, that's the fear is that it disrupts what they have. You signed him to be a pure point guard. And this, it may be hard for some people to, to figure out, but just because you get a lot of assists does not mean you move the offense. No, not They're, at all. Like not all assists are, are created the same. And that already was a stagnant offense, right? I mean, like, to start to start out, the, the loss wasn't on Russ. No, like, no, no, no. no. It, I, 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 honestly, I thought it was across the board. But Trey, to your point now. about that, the, the, the pressure to play Russ. I mean, Russ isn't the normal buyout guy. This isn't a guy you can right. just be like, yeah. oh, it didn't work out. I'm just going to put him on the bench. We're just going to wave him. Didn't work out. Tyloo was part of the group that campaigned for him to, to have <laughs> yeah. him. So it's so not clearly, like yeah, you're you're. So he's going to play him like that. This is a a. a a thing that Ty identified that he absolutely needed from Russ with all of that stuff. And the other thing too, what people have to understand, this was against the Kings who are not a good defensive team. Like everything about it, it gets harder when you're going to play good defensive teams in this instance. And now what do you do when you have Zubach who's healthy and playing? What do you, you know, you can't play him with Plumley. It's harder. You have two non-shooters now on the court at the same time. Just so many things with that. It's, it's a challenge there with everything that they have. And then they only have 20 games in the regular season and they didn't have to find roles to begin with because they barely on, had guys playing on the final play of the game. Kawhi has a man sealed in the paint. Yes, he has is... the biggest hands we've ever seen. The strongest hands we've ever seen. Norm Powell. What are you doing, buddy? Again, we talked about this in terms of like end of game situations. There's a lot of shit happening. There's a lot of shit to track. Kawhi sealed arm on a defender hand out that big ass paw out there in the middle of the paint and norm powell like kind of looks and then like pump face and then wets himself and then throws it to batum who just chucked it off the backboard i mean like like he was like he was trying to throw it through the backboard like and i'm just like you got your man right there it was actually it was actually a good uh play call from Ty. As it was I, fantastic. I just think Norm Powell feels saw Russ's minutes going up, going like, "Oh, my minutes might be next on the chopping <laughs> block." I need to do block. something I here. Need to get, I need to make a shot to justify my. So, oh shit! I'm covered. I got to kick it out. <laughs> so the play call that was supposed to happen out of the timeout broke down. Yeah, and guys being robots, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That that's it was supposed Kawhi to be another thing. Cooking in that game, man. Like we he talked about Fox, who had 40. We you know, Monk had 45. Kawhi was unreal. He was unreal. He's got that big ass hand. Just that, like, no help to be seen. Even if there was Randy Moss's ass, throw it there. He's gonna catch it. And he gets fouled well, or he gets a bucket or whatever. 
Well, he also had two looks, so he didn't get it in the seal, and then he's mm-hmm. also open before Batum chucks this joint. Mm-hmm. Like, I think lose- Batum's in panic mode, though, at that point. He's yeah, like, at I that point, I think Batum's like, why do I have the ball right now? <laughs> like, but, man, I, I'm telling you, it you got to go back and watch that game. It, even if you're just going to watch the last, what is it, 14 minutes with the two overtimes in the last four minutes of the fourth quarter, it was just a truly – special viewing experience like i was at that rams chiefs game from years ago you know though it was like 51 48 or whatever that ended up being i was at that game and at the time remember thinking after like i don't know that i'll ever experience a game like that granted i wasn't at clippers kings but watching at home i was like this is (laughs) this is an all-time viewing moment it really is and i never would have expected that out of king's clippers at the end of february never would have expected that that was that was wild that game was absolutely absurd though it was nuts and to your not. point, Zach, it wasn't bad defense. I mean, it wasn't good defense. Uh, it it was just it was just no pressure applied defense. Right. It was just a okay. You're going here. Okay, I won't push you off the block or anything like that. With everything that went through it, that was probably the funnest game of the season. I mean, this has been a great basketball weekend. Yeah, this week. I mean, right now, I can't believe the Bucks extended their win streak to 14 or lost their win streak of 13. <laughs> as we're recording this, who knows what happened. Anything could have happened, you know. We got Lakers, Dallas tonight. We got, we got Clippers, yeah, we got, Denver. Like, oh my goodness, yeah, maybe Denver will show up tonight because they didn't show up Saturday. They, 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 God no, <laughs> oh God no. All right, as is customary, folks. This was a, this was a good pod before we heard J King's. Voice. Before we leave this, we have the J King Kings minute now. Are you serious? Are you? The Kings just ate an epic Kawhi Leonard performance. They just absolutely ripped apart a 14-point deficit with four minutes left. They just won the most exciting game in the NBA this season. They have the number one offense in NBA history. They That was a huge, huge win for them against the Clippers. Absolutely enormous win. I'm in Ireland right now. Don't ask me why. I woke up at 4 a.m. and was just watching it on my phone, just out of my mind, excited about the Kings. De'Aaron Fox, wow. Clutch. Malik Monk, holy shit. That was one of the greatest games I will ever see. And a huge game. A huge game for seeding purposes. And time! There were another 34 <laughs> seconds on that voice note, but Jay, you know the deal. You a lot get a of minute. pausing from Jay. A lot of pausing from Jay. You know, he had no plan. He had no plan. Yeah. This was like, it's like that's this three was, more seconds. I might get divorced if I keep this, if I try to like extend this to like, oh, I got to write this out and everything. I'm like, they're in Ireland. Uh, Jay, good on you. He said he woke up at like 3 or 4 a.m. to. <laughs> To watch that game. What a sicko. On his phone. Too. On his phone. <laughs> Absolute sicko. Uh, you can catch all, well, not Jay's coverage. Catch Jared Weiss's coverage of the Celtics the next however many days on The Athletic. Make sure you subscribe to all of our podcasts. Make sure you're leaving reviews. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Watch us talk. Next time Jay King is back, I'll have an Irish accent. You want to watch him talk and be wearing a leprechaun uniform. I guarantee it, but you'll only find that out and watch that on the YouTube channel. You won't see it anywhere else. Make sure you subscribe to The Bounce. Bounce is our daily email newsletter to your inbox free. 
It is free and you get, I don't know, about a thousand words from me and Shams Rania every single morning, Monday through Friday, into your mailbox, let you know what you got to look out for, what you missed, and everything in between. For Trey, for Mo, I'm Zach. You want to keep it locked? Yeah, to the